coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and this is Liberal Guilt Radio. I'm joined remotely by my illustrious colleague, Ben. How are you doing, sir? Mm, well, I must say much better than several days ago. I see. And uh, what happened several days ago? And what's happening today? Well, I mean, the short of it is uh, bringing an existential crisis inside oneself and then ejaculating it from the body through humor. Wow. So the pinnacle was a few days ago in the, what's that word? Denouement? Denouement, yeah, like the yeah, end of weather, the story. A little scene exactly. at the end, a stinger. Exactly. So the stinger will never end because that's humor. So it's more just like a perpetual motion machine. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But I just like that word. Well, obviously, in the time since the last we have potted, um, a lot of big things have happened. There was a terrorist incursion by Hamas into Israel in which over a thousand uh, Israelis were killed and over 200 were taken hostage. And in response, there has been an epic bombing campaign as well as a ground invasion into Gaza, which has caused countless more thousands of deaths, <clears throat> including many children. There's been disputes over specific incidents like a hospital getting blown up. But as we see the carnage uh come through uh, in the social media posts and newspaper articles and television programs we see, we know that thousands of lives are being lost and a lot of them children. And for what? We ask ourselves, for what? For this flag or that, this God or that, this scrap of sand or that. I don't know, Ben. I'm just an old school hippie when it comes to this. I'm just a no war kind of guy if war was just all the people who wanted to fight war going off on some horses out in some big napoleonic field and taking it out on each other fine but i'm sick and tired of seeing war inside of uh civilian communities and that's all we're seeing here and it's hard for me to even sort it out that this flag or that this god or that uh, from that and we can't do that until I think just the pure immediate suffering of violence ends. Yeah, well said. Um, it is, I think. Yeah, some of the most powerful things I've been reading lately have been those that even in the expression of and putting into words the rage and the sorrow simultaneously um trying to do that in a way that still recognizes the immediacy of things like babies killed which i think if anyone could agree on one thing it would be that babies really have nothing to do with what's going on with the big people in the room not in diapers and yeah it's uh you know it's that mixture of all those things and 
in attempting to try to understand as many perspectives and histories and peoples as possible. It's impossible not to, at the individual level for each individual person, take some sort of stance somewhere. Right. You know, draw that proverbial line in the sand. And uh, I got to say, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's brought that intellect that I'm addicted to, to a screeching halt in the name of preservation of how I see myself, how others see see me and the history of what, for lack of a better word, are my people. So, right. Well, that's the thing is like, everybody seems to have staked out an opinion and everyone has their perspective, some closer or more distant than others. Um, But on all sides of the debate, we are seeing, uh, unimaginable imagery and i've seen some fucked up shit in my time i've seen the like the only existing uh jack the ripper crime scene photos where they like literally ripped a woman apart i've seen like the the pictures from ed gaines house after they caught him it's the guy that like norman bates and the buffalo bill are based off of but the stuff that we're seeing today is so disgusting and then there's like there's the the like close up intimate violence of the October 7th stuff, the, the, the teddy bears covered in blood and the fact that these children saw their assailants, like looked them in the eyes that it was that close. It was that personal. It was that intimate of violence. And then there's more violence obviously happening uh, in Gaza to their civilians um, and it's this kind of mindless, it's the opposite of a personal violence. It's just kind of mindless rockets flying from above, right? So, you know, well, neither, know. neither I mean, side will Jews allow you are... to look, look away from that violence. And they said, look at this, look at what they did. And if you don't agree with what I have to say, you should feel bad about yourself. And so, of course, everyone feels bad. And as an American and as a Jew who finances a lot of this, these wars, and I'm not saying it's like because Jews are the financiers behind everything. No, but because America is the financer behind all of this, I count myself personally responsible for those people. And I and I, I hope that the Catholics aren't right because I feel like my soul is stained by everything I've seen. And I hope that hell doesn't exist because right now I feel like most of us belong there. And in a world where we grew up, and I, I think you grew up this way too, with 51 stars on the Bema, with the American flag on the left side of the sacred text, and uh, the Jewish on the right, and the Torah, the scripture in the middle. And your country asks you to pledge allegiance to the flag every day of school. And my religion asked me to make a bond to the Torah in the middle. And my grandfather and my grandmother told me to always protect Israel. And when I was 13 years old, and I, I 13 years old, you think teenagers think they're invincible. Uh, I was an atheist. And I was an anarchist because when you're 13 and invincible, you don't need uh, a country and you don't need a God to protect you. 
So my pledge of allegiance was hollow and uh, my bond to the Torah at my bar mitzvah, blasphemous, perjurous. Uh, but I needed the money to make <laughs> my first short film. So I lied my way through the bond to the Torah and the pledge of allegiance because I didn't believe in my religion and I wasn't proud of my country after learning all this stuff in school about how our indigenous uh, indigenous brothers and sisters were treated by our government as we clawed our way towards uh, towards nationhood, right? But, and I didn't believe in my religion, but, and I wasn't proud of my country, but I, when it came to that other flag, I was proud of Israel and I believed in it. And um, it, it, it wasn't that I needed it now or then, um, but it was the idea that I might need it someday. And the idea that until then, she had to be protected and that the world, so that we could have a safe place in the world, the world would have to love Israel. And they don't right now because the people in charge are doing bad things. But um, I don't know. Are we going to move on to a post-national, post-racial, post-religious world? Eventually, yes. But as Captain Kirk once said of peace with the Klingons, if there is to be a brave new world, our generation is going to have the hardest time living in it. Actually, I think it was the other guy said that to Captain Kirk, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe I'm going to have a hard time living in a world of peace. You know, my children have Jewish, Christian, and Muslim blood in them. And um, I think what scares me the most about what a world war would be is... Uh, what side do you take when you're uh, when you're Christian, a Muslim, and a Jew? Where are you safe? Because I don't feel like we're safe right now. But I don't know. This may be the bleakest episode we ever do. And I certainly hope it's not the last. But I don't know for anyone who's listening, for anyone who cares, just want to go on the record that uh, I am against this war and all war. I was against the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war, and I'm against this war. Pure and simple. I excuse nobody. I assign blame to no one. I'm uninterested in that. Everyone's interested in who to blame, whose problem it is, whose responsibility it is, whose fault it is. I really don't care. I'm wearied by that argument because it is unwinnable by anyone. Blame is an abstract concept. Children don't care who's to blame. They won't even know that till years later. And then that'll just teach them who to hate. If you blame somebody, then you start to hate them. That's what happened to Jews. 
So if this war continues, people will blame us. And then they will truly hate us. Is there anti-Semitism in the world? Of course. Of course. If you're extraordinary and, uh, and few, you will be both needed and hated. Because those who hate will always need ones like you. Um, and as we wander through the diaspora and always look over our shoulder towards Zion, I just think we have to be careful to make sure that uh, we don't create a, another diaspora in our wake. We'll be right back on Liberal Guilt Radio, LGR. Ben, I think you're on mute. Oh, I was about to respond, and you went to your uh, break. So anyway, got all that out of the way. Also, it was Halloween. <laughs> How was your Halloween? Oh, so we're over, we're over that. Yep. Cover the war. It's bad. Oh. No, what else did you want to say? No, let's go to uh, the last. I mean, it just, you know, as I said, I've been ending in humor. If uh, this next diaspora, so the first one in the 1880s and 1940s was the pacifist diaspora. Mm -hmm. They're killing us, let's leave. The second yeah. one, if it goes as you say and how others are prophesizing the activist approach also is not going to work uh so we're the next stop here in los angeles and so i think we should stay put because did you see recently it was um supposedly oh, we're going to create zion, zion here well first Beidou and alibaba Make it on the, the sound largest. stage you know what i mean we've done you know wd griffith or whatever that motherfucker did that we yeah can do that's that. what i'm saying that's so we're already set up Sorry, what was that? We're already set up. We're we're ready to go. We've got just a lot going for us here in sunny Los Angeles, California, you know? Here's the thing. If I want to talk deals, here's the deal I'm willing to take. We will cede our territory in Israel. If you straight up give us, if the world just gives us New York, New Jersey, in California. That's my deal. Then you can have all of Israel do whatever the fuck you want with it. What about our grandparents in Florida? Florida will be that. like our Cuba. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. Then yes, let's do that. I agree. I'll take it. We're look, according to most people, we already run New York anyway. Come on. Just give we us run... not even the state. Actually, here's the thing. You know, just give us LA supposedly... LA County. Give us LA County. That's what I'm saying. That's all we need. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Well, That's no. Well, the, the problem is what I was also hinting at is that what's the the pogroms would spread to New York. I was dissing New York here through very offensive language huh. by okay. you know, but no, Los Sunny Los Angeles, California is where it's going to be. Here's happening. the thing: we talk about there's never going to be a deal. You know what? As a Jew, I'm open to a deal. What kind of there might not <laughs> be because. 
because a lot of people are like, oh, Israel doesn't want the two state system. It's like, well, neither does offer something else. How about well, no, you neither guys does got another the, deal. No, but the thing is that Iran, which is this epicenter of Jew hatred right now in the world, not always, is doesn't want the two state solution either because it basically acknowledges the right of Jews to exist in Israel. And their whole campaign is that Israel is an illegitimate state and Jews should not be there. Yeah. So the two state solution. They have their own. It's a utopic fantasy. Travel ban. It's not going to work. It's a ridiculous thing. It's a way to just keep the fight. It's like the U.S. strategy. Keep the wars proxy somewhere else and everyone's happy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the the cashmere of it all right it's the right uh, well palestine is a pawn in the game of current day iranian cleric right right now in the middle east so you would you would think that you would think that israel would be our pawn but really it kind of uh it's kind of the reverse well it is because the u.s (laughs) is the christian well the west and the u.s is the christian nation well here's the thing okay so we're the jews are are the pawn to the west to the Mike Johnson. Okay, so also during this time period, a basically, uh, um, I would call him an American jihadist. He's, I would consider him to be a proponent of what I like to call American Sharia law or Shakira law. And that's Mike Johnson. He's a Speaker of the House of Representatives here in the United States, our Congress. And, uh, you know, he's, he, <laughs> I, I haven't verified this, but today I saw a snippet where, um, Someone claimed that Mike Johnson said on tape that the Roman Empire fell because of, quote, the gays, unquote. Now, that very well may be true. But also, maybe Rome was cool because it was so gay. I mean, think about it, girls. Maybe the problem was Rome got too straight. Maybe they're like, dude, we got to cut all this sodomy out and like start having kids. And maybe that was the fall of the Roman Empire. You never know. Hey? Mm-hmm. Well, you like never you said know. Earlier, earlier in the show, <laughs> if all the people that actually want war go out in a big Napoleonic type field and have it out, it would be great. Because yes. I read a lot about how in, in Christian, Catholic, Muslim teachings, there's a lot of Jew hatred. But most people laugh it off just as most people laugh off when someone says the gays or what destroyed mm-hmm. the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to go around phrase. hating gay. Exactly. They'll think it's fucking hilarious because it's stupid. It's tongue But it's cheek. it's just funny because he also clearly means he wants to return to some sort of Roman thing. But he also doesn't mean anything. He's trying gays. to do sensational. He might not even hate gays. He's saying shit to get attention in the 21st century media. Right. Well, no, this was something that he was caught on tape. This is something he was caught on tape before. But we yeah, do know that he is basically... He's basically... He said something about 1700s values or 1800s values. I think this guy is yeah, the Enlightenment. That sounds great. Christian nationalist. Oh yeah, I've been I've been I've been thinking a lot about the Enlightenment and how like we may we might be going through an AI Enlightenment and it might be going horribly wrong. Well, it's um, going to encode things like Jew hatred and anti-Semitism <laughs> and pogroms, and we're never going to get out of this. That's what I'm saying. If we're in LA. At the end of the day, they're going to like watching our movies and our TV shows. So I we think are safer. Yes, they're going to like watching 
because TV think of, shows yeah. written by your Catholic wife and enjoyed by us. <laughs> but but it doesn't matter. The reputation is that the Jews run Hollywood. That's all I'm getting at. And that we run. It doesn't have to. That be we true. run Wall Street. So give us these two saying. places. Yeah, just give us. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. no. But what I'm saying is, New York is going to be wiped off the face of the earth, just like Israel, because New York is the epicenter of Wall Street. Wall Street is both Jews and Western finance. Right. And so and we I'm don't talking want about it because that's going to get sucked up by the Gulf. So we do need a piece of Cuba. Ford is going to get to stay. Hey, my beach house is there. Hey, hey, I got it. Give us Zion National Park. Mm. Dude, I've got that's my favorite place in the world. Take that. You guys can have the Holy Land back. We get New York. We get New York City. I don't want Los Tarangulas. And we get Zion National Park. And you'll never hear from us again until we have a new John Wick movie to come out with. (laughs) <laughs> Let's say New York is a nice to have. If we got the first two, no. we'll be happy. Demand. I demand. No, demand. With demand, but that's the one we concede. That's all I'm saying. Internal strategy. Never. Not external. Dude, never concede New York. What kind of fucking Jew are you? I'll but concede between, Jerusalem, but I, in the Wailing Wall. But I'm talking crap, about a but concession. I'm not gonna concede but let's say on the New other York. side, but the other side is this piece that you want. Post-war world. You nah, just have it's to not worth giving up New York, baby. And that's why wars continue <laughs> because of you. This is all goes down. To, you are the gays here. You realize that, Lee? You are the gays. All of you. <laughs> you know, the gays brought me. down New York. Um. So, yeah, LA is where it's at, man. That's all I'm getting at. Like, we got to just stay put and here. Zion. Well, yeah, I guess we got Disneyland here. We got soundstage. We make whatever we want. Zion's a hop, skip, and a jump. I know, but like, yeah, LA, LA like, Zion's a rounding error. We've got Zion. We got Zion. We, New York, hey, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, take it we it. got Zion. We all got right, so this Zion. is our this is our deal. Fine, we we grant the right of return to all, um, to all Palestinian people and their descendants, and then uh, the fifteen fourteen billion dollars of aid we will redirect that as aid to uh, build houses and rebuild Gaza and all that kind of stuff. Now, we get L.A. County, New York City, and Zion National Park. And now I'm going to ask for something that I really do actually am willing to trade away. Okay. What is it? It's Dallas, Texas. Mm, tell me why. I don't know, man. That's like where my, that's where my fucking people moved when they moved from, uh, mm. they moved from the whole, instead of moving to Israel, you know where they moved? Dallas. It was like the dandelion seed spreading through the air landed in God Dallas right. with your family. So like, fucking, there's this so book. Yeah, let's take it. Yeah, there's this book called The Lone Stars of David. My family features prominent. I'm Lee, I'm Lee Sanger Golden, right? This dude, mm-hmm. Lehman Sanger is my ancestor. He was there, you know, just like laying shit down, making shit happen. I'm telling you, Dallas would have fucking sucked. Texas would still be a fucking Mexican fort if it wasn't for the Jews juicing that shit up so yes that's part of my demand new york city la county zion national park and dallas texas and what if they said choose new york or dallas which do you choose i'm honestly i can't believe i'm gonna say this i'm gonna choose dallas thank you all right let's go on to the it's next a more defendable position <laughs> yeah. it's a more defendable militarily more defendable position we already run new york anyway who cares new york will be like our hong kong you know what i'm saying no, we get it back in the year 3000 new york will be 
wipe destroy the face of the map yeah agreed just for the pure imagery of it like anytime yeah. they want to show that america's gone it's just like fucking lady liberty is just yeah in the and people in like the oh that's a deep fake but then as more and more people mm -hmm. actually make the trip to there they're like no they actually whereas like dallas we've got oil we've got um we've got livestock yeah. we've got hell of guns hell of guns so yeah. all the guns all the guns i think that's so another got, thing is because if we get that's great for need yeah handgun, for handgun laws in new york like you can't have a fucking gun dallas you have to have a gun <laughs> and think about la's position we got a huge ocean on one side no one's obviously coming from there dude new zion rules honestly that's what i'm saying is... and then the deserts around zion are so the highest recorded temperatures are still in death valley Fuck, in the world dude. So we're oh. surround, and then we've got Dallas as our front, as our you said, our fort and our food. Yeah, we're just sitting here making movies and TV shows, yep. and make it. We'll make we're making western rollerblading on the beach, man. Like we should and get rollerblades. Agreed. We should get rollerblades again because I used to have again exactly. Thank so you. I probably have them still. We'll go home. You're that you're that kind of guy. Yeah. So Zion is we make Zion like the holy place right the the actual park we're like fine we are literal zionists we take the park when i well, think of the whole idea of zionism we... i don't even think of jerusalem i think of that big fucking rock in mount zion yeah. in uh, zion national park so we'll take i don't that. like i don't want to dissect your language but you said we'll make it this but the thing is it already is that for sure that's why we're going there because it is that it is not okay. our choosing we are we're going gonna, to mount zion we're gonna take some shit with us okay yeah like well we're gonna take that fucking wall, bitch. Mm. I'm taking that mm. wailing wall, taking it. And mm. let's take also the Great Wall of China, build it around. <laughs> We're getting a great deal here. We're gonna throw in the Great Wall of China, and a lot of Jews. They don't. A lot of Jews love China. They like the Chinese girls. They like their snow white faces. And they love the food, that I can tell you. They love the food. Eugene Levy says you can't get the sauce like you do in China, that I can tell you. Uh, Mr. President, you're in jail. <laughs> yeah, how is it? Actually, how is it running a nuclear-armed imperial empire from a jail cell? Well, we're doing very well. I've negotiated peace between the Bloods and the Crips. The Bloods and the Crips are getting along great with Trump. They love Trump, the Bloods and the Crips. And the Aryan Brotherhood are doing social, are doing a, a, the Secret Service security, and we're doing very well. The, Ary the, the Brotherhood is doing security at the Blood and Crip, like, prom nights they're not having? No, in jail, in jail. Oh, this is in jail. Excuse yes, me. This is where you were. You were you, I wasn't sure 2025. This is 20, 2025. You're interviewing press, the president in jail. Yeah. It sounds like things are going really well. Like so, you, so far, you've talked about 0.01% of the population with the Bloods and the Crips. <laughs> Bloods and the Crips. How is the but if I can negotiate 99? peace with the Bloods and the Crips, of course, Israel and Palestine, they're just the Bloods and the Crips of the Holy Land. Okay. Oh, interesting analogy. <laughs> Did you just come up with that, President Trump? Actually, it was Ben Shapiro who writes some of my best zingers. Mm. Ben Shapiro. Oh my God, dude. Was it was he the author of the Bible? Ben Shapiro? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Cause I thought recently <laughs> I read an article saying that they found out who actually wrote it. It was, Ron, it was, it was Ronald, it was Ronald Reagan. It was Ronald Reagan and Ben Shapiro was the, the editor. There you go again. Ben. Oh, I love the Bible, Ben. 
my Trump and like Trump and Reagan are just becoming one, just like monster, uh, just just GOP monster in my brain. Interesting. So Reagan so, is when you hear the name Ben, is that a Jew name to you? <laughs> yes, uh, dude. I was. I've been okay. So I've just been asking Chat G. I've been a deep Chat GPT hole. Me, <laughs> me and Chat GPT, we wrote like a whole story together. We ran scenarios on World War Three. We wrote a play together the other day. And then I also just tell, I was like, ask me advanced questions about the Kennedy assassination or like, ask me questions about practical effects. It's great because in real life, no one will ever ask you about the things that you know a shit ton about. That's why people start podcasts. But with ChatGPT, you can just have it ask you questions about shit you know about. And then you say it, then ChatGPT is like, wow, you're fucking smart, dude. But it was asking me me on the air. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I want you to be a new podcast with them. What about me? Dude, I'm gonna I need to train. Are you destroying jobs? Liberal guilt radio? Yes, I'm liberal guilt radio. I just sound like Sean Conley. You're firing me on the air? Well, no, we're not on the air. It's gonna be on the air later. So that's the thing. You might edit me before you put this on. Uh, You might already have been edited, Ben. So Chat GPT will now also here's the thing, Ben. Chat GPT is also doing all of the voices now. I will no longer do any of the impersonations. So when you hear Sean Connery, it's just it's just Chat GPT. You should you might as well just rip your throat out and put it into a jar and pickle it. Nice. What's the point of it, man? <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> what is the point? We should all just pickle our organs. Yo, I did one on the toilet one day. I was like, all right, I'm going to do my, like the one time I, when Twitter first came out, I made one post ever and then I never signed in again. Nice. Chat what if your account like got hacked and has like a trillion followers? Probably does. <laughs> um, but then yeah. with ChatGPT, I did the same thing. I said, do my fucking job. And then it came back with like, I cannot understand you. And I was like, well, fine, fuck you. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I gave it a more specific thing. I didn't say do my fucking job, but you have to. Um, t- you you kind of have to tell it like what you. What I know you're what you're to supposed do. to do, but I want it. I wanted to do. No, the thing is, no oh. one knows what you're supposed to do. Like, I wrote. I said underwrite alone to I can't remember who, and it said it didn't understand me, and I was like, fine. You know what? We're obviously not going to be friends here. So I stopped using it, and I'll never use it again for the rest of my life. Right. Well, what you sh- if you really want to do that, you'd be like, <laughs> hi, ChatGPT. I want to start. A, I, I want to start the underwriting process for a loan. These are some factors about. Oh, I know what le- I'm supposed to do. But <laughs> you're, that's supposed to, you're supposed to actually talk to. It. You can't just bark like bark shit at it. You have to no, have. No, I like want to a- be. No, the 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 dream of ChatGPT and all this is that the individual can be an authoritarian dictator, basically. No, whether the, they're the, left I, or right, the you want to be an authoritarian. Like I know, so you should just tell it underwrite this loan for me. It knows exactly what to do. I want it to be so far ten out of ten. In authoritarian because when you're, well, you're waiting for reality. other people to, well you're waiting for other people to train it for you exactly <laughs> people, are, people are doing that yeah until well, it's ready then i don't want so here's the thing it. is like I, you can't tell it to like come up with I the know. character but what i did i was I, I told it the other day i, I was know. like all right we're gonna do an exercise where i'm gonna tell you we're gonna make a character i'm gonna tell you things about this character and then once i give you enough information about them i'm gonna ask you questions about that and chat gpt was like that sounds like a fun and exciting exercise so you can kind of like <laughs> get it to pretend to be excited about the projects you're doing and we started creating this character and like i started asking it questions about the character and then we put it in scenarios and then i would be like okay now write the journal entries of the character in like a style of this like okay now write a magazine article about them 
and uh eventually it evolved in this whole thing where like they met another we met another character and we were creating this other character and then i was like and then they have the kid and ChatGPT was like they do have a kid its name is aria luna and it created this character aria luna song of the sun and i was like congratulations you just created life you just became creative because i was asking it to make creative decisions about the story i was like should we do this should we do that and it was like i do not know and i was like okay i want you to guess or i want you to pick something at random but pretend it's it's creative so i want you to pick something at, at random and then vociferously defend why you were picking that position basically forcing it to be creative and also forcing it to back up its creative uh creative decisions and then eventually we went into this whole scenario about world war three and all of these different powers and all of this different shit. And then I was like, okay, now write an encyclopedia entry about this whole thing. And, um, I wrote a play with it in 15 minutes, a full play about the Bohemian Grove. Remember we were talking about the Bohemian Grove. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So that's the thing is like, it makes like, as someone who enjoys writing, like I don't feel like, oh, this is going to replace me as a writer. It's like, no, this, this, I can write more and faster. And then we're also going to see all these, like, and I was talking to my father, who's an attorney about this too. And this is what we're, we call, would call emerging law. Um, because like the whole idea of, uh, who actually owns the intellectual property generated by, uh, these chats that we're having with artificial intelligence, um, is a area that has not really been explored by litigation because basically these programs the end user license agreement says the, that they don't own any of the content you produce but it's also unclear whether or not you can copyright material generated um by the actual shit. So it's like, I came up with this character of Sam, right? And I fed ChatGPT information about Sam. And then I told ChatGPT to like create a another character for it. And they created this character, Cosmic Crush, based on it, like, it's hard to explain, but that's what they came up with. And then I told my character in, their, in the AI's character to have a baby. And ChatGPT created Arya Luna. And then Arya Luna became the whole character of the story. So if I publish this book, do I own the rights to Arya Luna? The thing is, there's no like, there's no def there's no litigant who would go after me because they've already signed over uh any rights to anything that's produced by their their AI. But what if someone goes out and they makes a make a video game about Aria Luna? And I say, no, I created Aria Luna. They say, well, no, you didn't. Chat GPT did. So you don't have any copyright hold over it. It's like, but I do have a copyright hold on Sam, who's the character who is that person's parent. And I think what we'll also see with intellectual property law is that intellectual property will become less valuable fundamentally. And I think that, you know, your wife probably knows a lot about this just working with the WGA, but certain intellectual properties are worth billions of dollars. So like the James Bond property has been fought over for years. 
like the rights were always fought over who owns the rights to this character and that character that's why that sometimes there was like two james bond movies would come out at the same time and one would be like a parody one would be a real one because one producer owned the rights to casino royale and another one owned the rights to thunderball but then one company owned the rights to all of them and then they stopped making james bond movies for a while and it was all because of this stupid character that ian fleming came up with because like back in the 50s like the idea of someone being like like i don't know educated and worldly and uh and connected and racist as uh ian fleming to be able to come up with this character of james bond just you know fighting and fucking around was something that was of value like his intelligence was rare and his creation was of value and uh, uh eventually it'll be a hundred years after his death or whatever it is and it'll become uh public domain and anyone can make shit out, uh, out of it like what just happened with uh um adventures of winnie the pooh but in the meantime like that sort of intelligence that created james bond is not rare <laughs> chat gpt is much smarter and more knowledgeable about the world than ian fleming and probably about as racist but anyway so yes <laughs> so my wife was like oh i can't wait to read this thing you've written i was like there's, you're not, you don't need to read it. I'm basically just going to throw it away because it's not worth anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, though, to the whole gamified thing, like many things that have been financialized, what we call intellectual property, those mm -hmm. numbers will just keep going up because if you have rent-seeking behavior, whether it's through... That's exactly what it is. People are basically renting right. out and other people's ideas. Well, no, the rents are paid to an investor or ruling right. class. And so like and being numbers, the landlord of the James Bond franchise is exactly. basically and so that's, Am and that's Amazon. Is, Amazon but, owns them now. It's fucking right. Horrible. But if you look at most of that money starts as debt money, so it's created out of thin air. So it's not like people right. have to accumulate a lot of savings and pool it like most people have to do when they want to make decisions with money. Most of that starts from just nothing. And it's just gifted to, you know, the geniuses of the central banks and Wall Street and those places. And then they're able to, you know, spawn little offshoot like this. So we'll only see an, an increase in the number. But because of the way that monopolies tend to have worked over the last hundreds of years, as far as we know, it's going to just have a smaller group of products made because Excuse me. the monopolists only need a few like people are going to watch what's available and if it's the monopolist option, dude that's well, awesome gonna, this you know, new like, game it's a new solitaire game called the monopolist which is like all the other monopoly people it's what happens after everyone else loses a monopoly and it's just a solo game of you as one <laughs> monopolist just abusing the whole world exactly but then but the thing is monopolies don't have to just be one it's usually usually is you know if there's three or four it's effectively in a monopoly because especially when it's state sponsored because there's not real effective competition and one way to measure that is do prices actually go down like they say they will as unit costs go down or do they go up and so far they've all gone up mm. like you know because and so it just gets it's just going to be more and more gamified like that and i was thinking like the logical infinite conclusion of this which will never actually reach um for a lot of reasons but to my mind, like the theoretical conclusion is that that old truism of like actions speak louder than words. There's been a huge that old rise. song from Tick Tick Boom by Jonathan Larson. Actions speak louder than words. 
Is there really a good song? Actions speak louder than words. I, ne- I-, I never said a good song. I just said there's a song. Yeah, it's going to be that. Like the rise of <laughs> agriculture and the civilizations and all was the rise of the power of words. Do you know, oh, like, yeah. To get to meet all your basic needs of food, water, shelter, health, and family, say. I was asking. So uh, with words, you can do that. You've been able to do it for thousands of years. But at some point, with things like this, you know, it's obviously not chat GPT, but phenomenon like machine generated text and then images and picture all this. The logical conclusion in my mind was truly that words now actually have zero meaning. Mm -hmm. So they reach in the. They have meaning, but no value. And maybe that's what we want. Right. That Then they're purely intellectual. Like we can sit around and just talk about things. We can imagine right. things. We can just, but they, well, it's because it's they, like, you can't use them to meet your basic The idea of owning, like, yeah. The idea of owning an idea is so crazy. It's like the idea, it's like how like when indigenous people were offered like money for like, do you want this river? They were like, this yeah, that's thinks why they're Poca- buying a river. It's just the river. The man. greatest line ever made in Disney from Pocahontas, you think you can name whatever land you land on. It's exactly that. All the, that's why I said it's a big game, the financial. Dude, that movie like, rules. It is because it's it captures all just of, around like, the river bend, paint with all the yeah, colors, the wind. Exactly. But it's you think you can name whatever land you land on. That's exactly what it is. And intellectual property is just one of many examples, just one we're talking about. But that's really what it is. It's like you're drawing you know, bounds around something that's easily definable. And then you can put things like legal codes around it and financial instruments and build fortunes and immense power and military courts and courts to defend you, you know? That's the same thing you were talking about is just like not wanting to give up on something that's like branded thing. Like, I think that's like what's so hard. So, you know, you would say like, oh, people can't imagine the end of capitalism. It's like, it's almost like people can't imagine the end of brands. You know what I mean? Like everybody's identity is base is like sort of branded. And then like brands are things that are owned and wars are fought over that being questioned. You know what I mean? It's like this. We want to fucking put our label on the Holy Land. Like, no, bitch, mm-hmm. it's our fucking Holy Land. Like, let's fight. Like, no, New- this is what New York stands for. New York stands for being Italian. No, New York stands for being Jewish. No, New York stands for being whatever. You know, like and then New York's blown up. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Damn it. We probably shouldn't have thought about it. Then, then I own like, James Bond. No, yeah. I own James Bond. Look, okay, well then for five from 1989 to 1995, a brutal six years, there was no fucking James Bond movies because they were fighting a war over this. Yeah. Well. War makes some people very like, rich. Agreed. And like that's why everyone should go back and rewatch Star Wars The Last Jedi and stop their fucking whining and realize that it's kind of a brilliant movie because it's about that. But that brings me back. You were talking about Wall Street, Wall Street, Wall Street, reacting to this, reacting to that. So I don't know about you, but I don't know what's going on with the Wall Street Journal editorial board. Their support of the war in Gaza is what kind of makes me come up with that idea that all the people who want war, they can go ride their tanks and horses and trucks out and fight it out. Cause these guys on that board seem to be so fucking hardcore all in on this war and just throwing around the anti <laughs> throwing around the term anti-Semite, like an anti, an actual anti-Semite would throw around the K word. 
so that their readership, who owns a shit ton of Boeing stock, I'm sure, knows to keep their subscription because the fucking hawks at the WSJ are overriding the SJWs in the uh, in the DSA. So yeah, and then you and so and I, I think and so I'm like, who is making money off of it? It's the people reading the Wall Street Journal. Who's reading the Wall Street Journal? Hillary exactly. Clinton. Hillary Clinton goes on TV and says that like, with with just calculated brutality, like, oh, you don't fucking know Hamas. I know Hamas. We can't stop killing people because then Hamas wins. Mm. No, because if we stop killing people, you stop making money off of it. And your Wall Street Journal reading friends. And then it just all it does is is pay into feed the anti-Semitic um, anti-Semitic uh, um, perception of this all. Oh, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, her daughter married a Jew. You know, the Wall Street Journal is run by Jews in New York City. The actual anti-Semitism is being stoked by all these people going through this like anti-Semitic anti-Semitism uh, 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 McCarthyism era. <laughs> College kids are allowed to have their yeah, opinion, I mean, even if you it think is, it's a shitty opinion. Everybody, and maybe yeah, it's not. It's, Usually, the kids are the right. Level about of stuff. Any, the level of anti-Semitism is is undeniably on the rise. Like some of the 100%. essays I've been reading from, like from old Jews in their eighties. One of them has a, he says, a, he tells them in his essay, he, he, it was a collection of his letters that he's been writing people. I think he has an external catheter, so he doesn't go out a lot anymore. I think he's in his eighties and it's basically but his, like, his pee does go out, but he starts his, some of his letters back over a thousand years ago, pre enlightenment to like this kind of. He was writing, he was writing letters pre enlightenment. No, 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 about starting. That's where he was starting. His. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. And it's like, yes, the Wall Street Journal, of course, stokes war because exactly, they're trying to get rich of it. They could care less about any of the history. Any, they really couldn't care less. A thousand years ago, that's like 700 years before. Like, like Enlightenment is a relatively recent, like the idea that like we might start be questioning the idea that like gods and kings should decide everything is a relatively modern concept. And right, so, but like, he was talking have, about with respect to Jews in the Christian and Muslim parts sure. of the world, starting about a thousand years ago, right? And it's basically like the actions being taken are explicitly anti-Jewish. It's not even anti-Semitic because the Agreed. Semite, they're all they're all technically Semites. It's a mm. Semitic language is super old. And we're all don't get me wrong. People fucking hate us so harder than ever before, but it's we're really anti- like giving them a lot of material. But, the, but that's like... where I don't like this though. Cause like we're giving <laughs> them, but if we don't do anything, it also led to our deaths. So to me, it's like, it's a, it's a damned if you do damned, if you don't. So it misses the point of what's going on. It's like, yeah. what actions do you take sure. when someone that wants to do is stated hold- and his, wants to eliminate you from the face of the earth you use the the you use the star of david as a shield not as a sword yes i believe that israel has the right to defend itself of course the only type of just war you could argue 
is a war of protection. Someone is in your land and you are driving them out. But um, I don't see what they're doing right now as a defensive action, even if they're going to try to take out the people that got them. Um, so I don't think it's defending themselves. And and there's this whole thing about like, is this legal? Is is the bombing campaign of Gaza legal? And a lot of people say yes. Like, okay, well, then maybe the question is not whether it is legal, but the question is whether this should be legal, right? So I think we need sort of like a new Geneva Convention, okay? Like, the idea of warfare as we know it, this legal framework of warfare, is again a relatively modern con concept, uh, even more recent than the Enlightenment, and um previously there was no like kind of codes of war that was all left up to the people and everyone else thought everyone else was barbarian so like most of the time it was just raping and pillaging and as much torture and suffering as could possibly be inflicted was the nature of war then now we have things like full metal jacketed uh, uh bullets and you know letting the red cross through and uh you know you can't use these weapons, but you can use those weapons. This is a war crime. That's not a war crime. Um, and so uh, I kind of think we need another Geneva Convention. And yeah. what I would propose is exactly what I'm talking about, which is that w it, w any war conducted in a civilian area is a war crime. Okay. End of story. Bye. Done. So... But what everybody wants to hop on a tank. This is again what I'm saying. Like the people writing these Wall Street Journal articles aren't the ones that are going to die, and their kids aren't the ones that are going to die. So if and the National Review and everybody else who's writing these horrible, fucking genocidal opinion pieces, you guys can mount up and ride out. But leave the fucking kids out of this, for God's sake. So again, my plan goes back to Texas. We got a lot of land out there. So. <clears throat> In addition right. so, to making goes, Dallas so, part of Zion, so the only the only we, essays and articles that take seriously are the ones that are actually trying to understand. Like to me, the whole idea of like the laws and stuff it's it's completely irrelevant to trying to understand what the hell's going on right now. Agreed. Because at the end of the day, to try to understand what's going on, you have to look at in immediate terms what happened and what are some possible actions that one could take, knowing that quote unquote non-action is an action. So what do you actually do? What are the options at your disposal? And part of that is then understanding who are all the characters at play because the hyper focus on Israel versus Palestine, especially, or Israel versus Hamas misses the it whole be versus board. Gaza. No, it should honestly. be the whole chess. That's why like the, the chessboard includes Iran and the U S as two of the largest of course queens on the board but now you got this weird other game going on too with russia and china playing into it in a way yeah. that it makes it multi-dimensional chess so it's like how many queens are there how many rooks are there how many pawns are there because even though it's hard to talk about it in those terms that is how people are actually the people that would be on your battlefield in this napoleonic field the yes. ones that actually want it this is how they talk about it both publicly and privately there's you can get you can have links of people talking about it like this in either Iran or Lebanon or Israel even probably I don't know but mm -hmm. if if they're thinking about it like a chessboard then you have to 
start looking at it as such. And they're, they're taking what they're basically saying with chess is that it's a long game. Yeah, you can't just look at two pawns. The war, trying to take the war each other is intergenerational, out. exactly. And so it's based on the strategies and the and the uh, rivalries that were made in previous games of chess. Yeah, and one and of awareness the things that of you not, never yeah. know in losing the long term thing is how many little battles do you actually have to take over time? And right now, oh, that's Jesus. one of the actual decisions that Israel is facing. So all this garbage that people keep spouting out about. And the whole settler colonialist thing is idiotic for one, I must say, because you could take any country in the world right now and get to them, whoever runs it as being that. So the words, right. we, we, our houses are on Tongva land, first of it's all. Like, and what, second of all, okay. also, it's not like when settlers. the, Conqu it's not like when the conquistadors showed up in California, there were, uh, uh, artifacts of their culture, um, from right, primitive but I'm saying, times, but what I'm talking about whereas when, where, no, 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 listen to this, this is what I'm saying, is it's not like when the conquistadors showed up, there was like stuff of their culture, right? But when Jews show up in, in, in Israel, there is evidence of our culture and our people. So it's not right. like we're not colonialists in that right. sense. And then one, one friend once pointed out, it's like, yeah, but the last time your Jews were there was like two, almost 2000 years ago. I was like, okay. But then someone wrote a great essay recently where it's like, if you take any refugee, they're a settler, no matter where they go, they have to settle down somewhere unless you want them to just walk forever. Hmm. And so it's like, but then you, and then if you walk forever, then Europe. you're like, you're a fucking gypsy. Calm well, down. No, exactly. So you can't settle in Europe. And so you go back to the only because Europeans still hate, hate everybody. Europe's well, so basically Europe, like we think Indian chicks are hot, but we hate 18, everyone. People, Jews started going back to Israel because, as I was saying, pacifism didn't work. Pogroms started becoming more and more frequent in the 1880s in Eastern Europe, and then the Holocaust was trying to just kill all the Jews in all of Europe. They shipped them all from all over. They brought them in, and so it's like, well, pacifism didn't work, so they went somewhere else. And they, of course, they settled because they were run out of somewhere or they fled for their lives. So everyone settles somewhere. Hey, man, you don't have to talk me into this. Right. But what I'm saying, it's just, but the whole point is like, if you really want to try to, it's like, what are the decisions actually facing a state and who is making those decisions? And obviously that's with military. Because yeah, I'm down to talk about all that all again. No, too, we don't have to talk about it right now. No, no, I just mean like we as a society, like we can talk about the, again, we can talk about the, as you point out, like yeah. everybody, everybody lives in some place that they didn't historically live. Right. So the point is like, how do we make sure that when you, that the people who got moved got a place at the end of the right. day, like, and I so, but it was again, I was like, the, it, it all boils down to me is that existential crisis I talked about at the beginning. It's like, no, really, no matter what action Israel and Jews take right now, people hate us. They're, they, they it's, it's just, it's a, a progressively rising all over the place. And it didn't start a month ago. Like someone wrote about what's been going on in France over the last 12 years and just the precipitous increase in. I know, but what and is -Jewish I, that attacks. is so true? Like, and and the no October seventh attacks were no matter horrific. what Israel does, because you know, it's not like because people would be like, well, maybe if they do nothing, they can come to a peace. It's like, yeah, like that would be great to think like that. But I just thought in the seventies we realized that smoking and war was bad. <laughs> yeah, like everyone, weed, everyone up through the fifties and sixties, like, war is good, and so are cigarettes. 
Right, but we don't effectively control military actions in most parts of the world. That's what we're saying. The we Agreed. the people should go to the battlefield, like you talked about. Yes. But that's not what happens. No, they 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 sit in either bunkers or private islands with their financier friends who would read Wall Street Journal op eds <sighs> and think that they have a good world view and that they're liberal Democrats or Republicans. You know, it's funny. Like as I so, explore all of all the different fun. opinions. As I read the really right-wing stuff, as I read the really left-wing stuff, as I read the peace stuff, as I listen to like what actual terrorists have to say, as I listen to what Christian nationalists have to say, and uh, and uh, religious extremists on quote my side unquote have to say, of all these opinions, that you know, I'll listen to one or the other, and I'll kind of okay, yeah, maybe, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, if you're right, damn. And the other side, oh God, yeah, maybe you're right too. But you, you know what? I never, never, ever, ever crosses my mind is that it's all true. That there's such thing as God. That God has chosen specific types of people or assigned us these tribes, and that this land means anything. That has never crossed my mind. The core of it, the bottom of it, the the essential uh, nature of it is that it's all based on this thing that isn't true, or at least not provable. And yeah, we can argue, my, you know, I have a cousin who he talks about like, well, you know, genetically, ethnically, most Ashkenazi people are closer to the people who were here 2000 years ago than the Palestinians are today. I'm like, okay, I haven't looked into that. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that can be the talking point that someone wants to grab onto, but I, I don't know about uh, <laughs> making like a, like a scientific racial thing of who is more who does this land belongs to more? Yeah. Um, but then it's always, it always starts with that. But where it gets to is blaming some actual present day material suffering on someone else. Because whether okay, or not you believe blame that. Blame leads to hatred. Yeah. So if we blame well, no, the Jews the, for this war, then they will hate them. Just like if we blame Palestinian people for what these Hamas terrorists did, you know. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I think. There is that, but it's. I just can't think straight about this until the fucking ceasefire happens. And it's just so funny. Okay. So like a a few months ago, I was talking to a friend who he follows politics pretty closely, elections pretty closely and various policy debates pretty closely. And uh, I don't know why we were talking about this, but I was like, well, if there's anything that will destroy the left wing coalition and allow the rise of fascism to occur in this country it will be schisms within uh the the party and the ideology over israel and essentially what will happen is like enough people who are pro-israel enough will break away from the democratic party and form like coalitions with republicans that will eventually lead to the rise of a autocratic military uh, uh religious state <laughs> under trump or a trump-like person uh in our near future and uh i think this person was didn't even know what i was talking about like the idea to him was fantastical and as we go into the 2024 election with all of this internal party discord uh, about uh, the the holy wars that are 
occurring right now. Um, and we're looking down the barrel of like a <laughs> imprisoned Trump rising out of the ashes of uh, his uh, of uh, January 6th um, being our new God King um, because the Democrats are going to be still fighting over this next year we know and the funding and everything like we really this what i was worried about could really be happening real quick and i think what's really you know there's the whole idea of a pep or uh, uh, a uh, progressive except for palestine which i guess you and i could be considered peps okay oh, whatever um is uh well, I don't know what it is. We had a debate about this the other night. My mom said, oh, she feels unsafe because of anti-Semitism. So she needs to get a gun, she says. I look at her, I'm like, mom, having a gun makes you safe like Likud and Netanyahu running Israel keeps Jews safe. And then <laughs> we got into this whole conversation. My wife, me, my dad, and uh, my and my wife's uh, father-in-law who's from Iran all got into this discussion and uh, you know, it got pretty heated. And I remember just sort of challenging what my, cause my dad was sort of saying like, well, what else are we supposed to do? I was just like, end the war now. He's like, well, what else are we supposed to do? And I was like, I don't know, not this, like not this. And you know, I saw my dad like looking off into the distance, this kind of like thousand yards there, because what I was saying was like challenging things that he'd believed for six decades that those 51 stars Ben, 50 on one side one on the other and the torah in the middle to stare through all of that and have your son challenge it the same way your son challenged his bar mitzvah on the 13th birthday so many years before i saw this sadness in his eyes and then my wife and i were talking about it and we were all agreeing on this. We can't kill things, kids thing. But there was just like one tiny little kind of detail about this thing that um, that frightened me. And I said that. And, uh, you know, I was off on the front porch of my house. My wife and my dad were sort of taking opposite opinions. But I was arguing with both of them. My relationship with both of them was was fraught at this moment because of this this conversation about which we fundamentally agree but we'll never have the same mindset my dad has the mindset of coming off of you know the the world war ii generation saying never forget defend israel forever you know and my wife coming from a background of a dad from from iran who um uh you know was a middle eastern studies major and sort of is seeing things i think through eyes that i've never seen before seen through before um and um we all find each other's perspective alien and sometimes scary like i was scared to hear my dad say well what else are we supposed to do and i was scared to say to my to hear my wife say like well what do we expect these people 
people to do. And I say, I said to my father, I expect us to do something better than this. And I, I would expect myself not to be a terrorist. You know, and when we force ourselves in this debate to consider these awful things. Well, what would you do if someone killed your kids and raped your wife, cut their fucking heads off? Well, first of all, thanks for letting me think that. Second of all, I'd want to kill them myself, I guess. But, but I'm not a state. I'm not a religion. I have. To, I don't have to be better. Israel have to has to be better. Jews have to be better. And I'll tell you what, if that happened, you know what I wouldn't want to do? Kill the person who did that's kids. So I didn't like hearing, you know, one side of the debate in my house saying, like, well, what do you expect? And the other side saying, well, what else are we supposed to do? That's not good enough for me. And it's hurting my relationships with the people that I love the most. Maybe I'm a fool, Ben. Maybe it is all, maybe it is right. Maybe somebody's right. Maybe the Torah is right. And the Jews are the chosen people. Maybe the, maybe the fucking Christian nationalists are right. And Jesus is going to come back and the Jews is about to hold down the fort. Maybe the, the Muslims are right. I don't fucking know. I don't think so. I just don't know. And um, it's all these discussions on the about being on the right side of history. And uh, I don't know if anyone's listening to this, Byron, Guy, uh, Maxine. I don't know if our opinions suck or if they're good listening to it whenever you're listening to this, but... Or if we ended up on the right side or the wrong side of history, if the things we've said are foolish or dangerous. Just, I don't know. Just know this isn't what we wanted. We want something better for you. I don't know what else. People say, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? You carry such pain in your heart. What are you supposed to do? I think we're supposed to do exactly what we're doing right now, Ben. You're a Jewish man having a child with a Catholic wife. Catholics and Jews have hated each other for centuries. Not all of them, but enough. The Inquisition, such suffering. My wife and I, her, her family, uh, you know, she, her family's half Christian, half Muslim. You know, neither of them were very religious, but, you know, I'm a Jewish man marrying into that family. Muslim people and Jewish people have fought for, for many years and they fight today. So I think you and I are doing uh, exactly what we should be, which is raising children who don't want to fight wars by coming together with people who aren't Jews, frankly. Here's the thing. It's like, I think you and I are doing the right thing. We are sticking together as brothers, Ben, as Jewish brothers, but we are trying to make our stock better by <laughs> it's as gross as it sounds, make our stock better by, by uh, combining our, our Judaism with, um, with other cultures, other backgrounds. 
Because that's the only way. Like, if I can't truly see the perspective my wife is seeing as a Middle Eastern person, and she can never quite see the, the position I'm seeing as a Jewish person. Well, the only answer to that is our children will be able to see through both. Maybe that Klingon was right. Maybe I'm just Captain Kirk and my wife's uh, Chancellor Gorkon and we'll never quite be able to live in a world of peace. I started my adult life just opposing so hard this war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. I just hated it with all my being, Ben. And I see so many people in my generation, I don't know, we, is it the same thing that happened to the boomers? Like, now we're just, we're okay with, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're okay with. I'm not okay with any of this. Anyway. Mm. You want to hear some of the scenarios? Let's, let, let's, uh, Let's uh let's on the lighter side, you want to hear some of the scenarios for World War Three that Chat GPT and I came up with? Yeah. Okay. So this is the basic scenario. I, I did most of the thinking here. Like I came up with the ideas and Chat GPT kind of laid out the details. So basically the the I asked Chat GPT, I was like, okay, what are the three major areas of uh of conflict, three major theaters for? And of course it was uh Middle East, uh Eastern Europe. NATO versus the Russians and um, and the Pacific, us and all of our allies, Japan, Philippines, et cetera, uh, against China and North Korea, right? Um, and uh, I was like, great, okay, what are all the different factions called? And then ChatGPT came up with all the different factions. So like kind of had created the war and I was like, okay, great. That's based on what ChatGPT knows of the world now. Now I'm going to run my scenarios. So first, um, the a new political movement in Africa is founded called the UNOA, the United Nations of Africa. And all these nations come together and they stay out of World War III, but they sell all of the major powers, resources from the mineral-rich African continent and become enriched. And a black diaspora from countries across the world who also oppose the war emigrate from their nations back to Africa and a Africa becomes an extremely wealthy country that or wealthy group of uh, nations and wealthy uh, uh, continent that stays out of the war in Europe the the uh, borders pretty much go back territorial borders pretty much go back to post world war 2 it's just split between Russia and the NATO powers, like pretty evenly. So, you know, maybe they got Ukraine, maybe we got Ukraine, whatever, roughly the same. And then the Middle Eastern theater, America finally just flattens the whole fucking thing. Tons of nuclear weapons, like tactical nuclear weapons are used in Eastern Europe and in the Middle East, basically wipe out Muslim civilization as we know it and create 10 new states, expansion states in, in, in the place of them. And um, in China, or I'm sorry, in the Pacific, China dominates. We're completely wiped out. China takes over South Korea, Japan, Hawaii. Imagine Hawaii is an occupied 
occupied region by China. Does Southwest Airlines still fly there in this post-World no, War Southwest, III scenario? Southwest Airlines actually starts the war. They're the Gavriel Princip shooting our Oh, because they're fucking boarding process that no one likes anymore? That's right. Yeah, there's a bunch of people uh, That's the cause. That's, Brussels. That's, like, yeah. that's the HMS <laughs> Lusitania or Francis Ferdinand is Southwest boarding procedure. Right. Remember the main. Jesus. Um, so, uh, excuse me. So, and then I start asking about the battles. I was like, well, tell me about the battle of Santa Fe. What did it, it predict? Did you ask it how many people survived? Did you ask it that? Or were you afraid? I, I was afraid. Like I, well, I laid out this whole scenario and I was like, okay, so this is what happens. And instead of like elaborating on it, chat GPT said, you have laid out a particularly appalling and terrifying um, possibility for what could happen. Well, like, like I scared Jet GPT with like kind of like precision of this world that we had created. Um, no, saying what all warmongers do before they declare war, talk about how like appalling and terrible it is, and be like, but we have to go. We got to go ourselves. We're going. We're going in. We're going in tactically and surgically, and you're mm -hmm. like. You're dropping nuclear bombs. I don't think that's that yeah. surgical or tactical. <laughs> Surgery. So this done whole this whole project we came up with ended up becoming coming Project Mecca. So basically, in this world, like uh, the the Muslim world is basically wiped out, and so um, and Europe, like most of the EU nations, like they become they become United States, and the idea of America becomes more like a brand. And so, like America, like you can kind of join America for and it's like corporate a licensing fee. Exactly, United corporations so like of America, France like and talked about on your like show. France and Spain, they all become quote American unquote, and they become yeah. part of the United States. But there are certain they, like white Christian nationalists that they call themselves the OG five, the OG five O. Yeah, the, the original Perfect. fifty, and they only they will only um, accept the rights of people from the OG five O states. So there's we'll also, like, we'll, they'll accept all their money from any but of not, them. But they're they won't agnostic give them to the money. Exactly. They'll take their 15%, you know, licensing fee and then like a 3% legal fee. And then you have insurance mm -hmm. and interest. So it's about 40 to 50% of everything. Yep. Goes so, to, yeah, I like it. So, so great. President, uh, President Trumpet, 10 star clit hunt. Who is a um, the child of like one of the Trump kids, a Clinton kid who then falls in love with the Kennedy? That's their kid, and that's the person who's president. And they start oh, cool. so it's like, yeah, they're both a Trump, a Kennedy. Oh no, and it's a Bush too. It's a Trump, a Kennedy, a Clinton, and a Bush. And it's like a, it's like a bred politician from all of the four families, and their name is Trumpet Ken Star Clithart. Clit hunt, oh, cool. sorry, clit hunt. <laughs> this is this is the president that Chat GPT and I came up with. Okay. Trump it's amazing. Ten star clit hunt. And and president or or uh what's it? TKC, as they were known. So <laughs> so TKC. So after we were talking about it for a while, and then I just write TKC, and then it, it knew immediately that I was doing like That's a JFK, FDR. About. Yeah. So TKC like, starts Project Mecca because like 
like America won the war, but it's like basically we ended up doing the same thing that we did to Native Americans. And we're like, uh, we basically lost all of our influence in the Pacific, but like, hey, we got 10 new states. And then like all of Europe are basically our states now too. Isn't that great? And so this president starts Project Mecca, which is basically to create an Israel for Muslims. And like, that's kind of, it started from me saying like, I'm going to, we're going to create a character. I'm going to give you some ideas about a character. Um, and then I'm going to ask you questions. This whole thing, conversation over a few hours expanded to this like World War Three scenario in which President Trumpet, Ken Starr, Clit Hunt, TKC is trying to make, uh, uh, make amends for the sins of World War Three with something called Project Mecca. But of course, bad guys still exist. <laughs> Yeah. And in the same way that like Israel is the size of Jersey, this project Mecca the label, would actually I point be the, New Jersey. There you go. I always point out that the label of Israel is larger than the country. Exactly. So give this Mecca is just now Jersey. That's kind of what it's been waiting for all this time. I, I like agree. it. Yeah, so when is this going to be, when is it going to start and end? Like 2039 to 2045? Just yeah, like just do redo. Oh, we're going for this. Later. We're going for this weekend. Oh, okay. trying to do it before. Trying to do it before Black Friday. <laughs> oh, great! Do you have T-shirts? Can I buy? Oh, wait, a maybe hat? we do it. No, 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 no. We'll have the T-shirts on Black Friday. So actually, let's do it on Black Friday. But can, I want a hat. Can you make hats too? Yeah, we'll do hats. They'll be. I, we'll I give, really we'll just. You, we'll give you a promo a code too. So on Black Friday, we're going to launch World War. Oh, 3. cool. Okay. When T-shirts. Are you writing it down? Yeah. Just so you don't forget. All right, good. Well, World War Three. Let's calendar it. Let's let's calendar. Are we calendaring? This is what calendaring is, right? Yeah, we have Black Friday. It'll be two days after the Kennedy assassination anniversary. Three days after the Kennedy. Two days after Kennedy assassination anniversary. Sixty years. We'll talk about that later. Oh my God! They did that okay. on Black Friday. Two days before. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, no, it was Black. No, it was the week before Black Friday. Never mind. That's insane. How that is so funny. What if that was the original Black Friday? I bet the Wall Street <laughs> Journal wasn't happy about that. They're like, unexpected news in the markets today. Oswald should have gone, uh, uh, what's it called? Do not door knocking, uh, door dropping. Uh, campaigning? What do you mean? <laughs> what's it called when you go to the rope drop? Well, it's called rope drop at Disneyland, but uh, what do you call it when <laughs> you go to a store first thing in the morning? Door bust. Store bust. There, door, there you go. Door bust. He door was door busting. busting at the the. It's funny. I had a, a speaking of t Dallas. I had a, a family friend just send me a picture of a building today, and I just immediately was like Dealey Plaza. I knew immediately it was a building in Dealey Plaza because that's I have that oh. kind of crazy mind. It was wonderful. I was like, oh, this is the kind of thing that like I would ask ChatGPT to do, which is like show me images of true crime scenes and areas and uh, scenes of political violence, and I'll guess what they are. <laughs> Jeez. But boy, does Dallas make it through intact in this post-World War III world? It sounds like it does, Oh, right? yeah. Well, there is, you know, it's funny that you should mention that we were talking about New York because I asked um, ChatGPT, I was like, what will be the last battle of the, the war for America? Because also in this scenario, America gets invaded, obviously. So pauses for a second, then ChatGPT is like, the decisive battle in the defense of America was known as the battle of Liberty stand. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that took place in New York. Right. And then it was like, yes, New York would be a good place to set the battle of Liberty stand. So instead of just like asking questions, like I let 
chat GPC know we're writing a story. It's called Project Mecca. And I, it periodically will be like, can you list off all the different characters? Or like, can you provide like a summary of what we said before? Can you provide a summary in the style of this or the style of that? So you can really just like turn ideas into clay and form them into whatever you want. Oh, I'm losing my mind, Ben. Wow. It sounds like Planet of the Apes with computers this time. Dude. For sure. You're just everyone just has their own little terminal just smacking the shit out of each other if they come anywhere near it. Like, <laughs> don't don't interrupt me. I'm talking to Chat GBT. Like, just no. I mean, basically just take that should be the next Planet of the Apes, where each little ape starts at its own terminal and the fights are all over someone trying to like, hey, say hi, or like, you know, a nice tap on the elbow, like, hey, how are you? It just destroys them, smashes them to pieces, you know. Actually, that's I, what that's what you're describing the, in my. That's what the I trailer mind, at least. The trailer for the new Planet of the Apes, I think, came out today. I haven't watched really? it. Really? So was it not but, this? No, it was like oh, it's called Kingdom different. of the Planet of the Apes. I think. See, Dude, my I'm idea not. for a, a Planet of the Apes is to do it in the year 1968, like the year that um, Planet of the Apes took place, and it starts out at like a um, archaeological dig, and the. Um, people get sent back in time to earth and then they change earth so that like the apes take over basically. And it's called dig the planet of the apes because it's, everything is all 60 style. It's 1968, but the apes are in charge. So there's like ape hippies, there's ape Woodstock, like all of the stuff like Dr. Zayas is like a, um, like uh i don't know like some kind of hippie guru guy and it's called dig the planet of the apes because at the beginning they dig and then it's also like a 60s movie dig but disney would never go for that it's too good of an idea yeah good ideas don't sell you know that for a damn fact yeah <laughs> absolutely um, so all right yeah, we're gonna take um so much fun but yeah we're going to take a little break. I think Ben said, just chatted me that he has to jerk off his cat. So, uh, yeah, have fun with that. Uh, we'll All be right, right back. Yeah. It, I mean, it lasts longer than you, so give me like two minutes. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can jack off quicker than the cat. What's up, brother? It's as if nothing's changed. The war's over. Can all go home. <laughs> Which one? I didn't hear about the Star anything. War. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I've been playing um, Second Life in my uh, gamer chair for the last two years. Really? What? What, what, what are you talking about? What happened? <laughs> Second Life, man. Second Life like never died, but also never took <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go on Second Life yeah, like once exactly. every five years and be like, "All right, what are you guys doing here? Sex stuff? Okay, bye." It's got to be what Second Life is just for sex stuff, right? I mean, what else is there to do there? 
I mean, the only relationship I have to it is that one of my best friend's roommates for a summer Has in D.C. Oh, okay. No, this was in like 2003 or four or five or something or six. Uh, that shit was seven popping or whatever. Up then, people were fucking right, but his then. his roommate who we you know met on Craigslist or whatever, he said the only time he ever saw him in the apartment, he was playing Second Life in one of the chairs, <laughs> and he never said a word to him the entire summer. He's like, it was the weirdest thing ever. Nice. So that's the only thing the I know. Fuck, about so it. Was he building? He must have been building something. I have no idea. I never saw because the few times I was over there, he wasn't there. It was just empty. But is it really a it's a, it's a sex sex thing? It's gotta be a sex thing, right? It, I mean, everything is. That's it's kind of stupid to say. It must be because everything <laughs> is. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I and if it's not podcasting, is the one thing, and that's that... why words. That's what I was saying about like with words. You could make if you know someone's like, well, "What about this? This is anything to do with sex?" Well, then you use words and you make it so it does through a chain of statements. Right. It's like it's all it's all you know. Actions speak louder than words. You, you know, whatever. I just said it. Who cares? Doesn't mean anything. Come on, people. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So here we are, um, part two. I guess you could call it right. So how yeah, let's it? make sure part two is shorter than part one and less grim. You know what I've been doing? So it's been it's been Halloween. So I was, I, while you were oh, jerking out that cat, I went and had like four little pieces of fun size candy. I'm gonna be my son. And I've uh, uh, been watching all the horror movies. I love the horror movies. Do you like the horror movies? I've gotten well, the thing is, I get hyper into certain things. So like I've seen the yeah. shining untold right. number of times. And then, but I think as I watch more of them, and you actually helped me understand more of the humor behind it. You know, like you said, watching <laughs> yeah, Silence of the funny. Lambs is a comedy. Um, yeah, or The Exorcist. I've been obsessed with. I'm re, I'm oh my god, reading, our, I'm reading the book yes. The Exorcist, rewatching all the movies. I mean, there's just nothing funny than like a 12 year old girl like calling her mom the c word. You, you <laughs> know what makes it even funnier is our 18 month. I mean, now 21 month old child at no, month like 19. One day she's in the back seat. And she just starts the exorcist voice. And I had never done that in front of her. She just started saying the name. She had Dahlia. Dahlia. She, she just said that your mother Dahlia. sucks cock in hell. <laughs> I know. I've been trying to get her to say some your of the sentences. Cocks in hell. Let Jesus fuck you. It's, Let Jesus fuck you. The no. movie is horrifying. I don't know what's more horrifying, like the book or the movie. Because it's like reading the book. I've watched the movie like a hundred times. You know, one of the many, many times I got kicked out of class was actually just doing that. Hmm. Just handing my leg, yelling, let Jesus fuck. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, yeah, I was like, we, well, we talk it's about, funny. Um, come on, people. We talk about anti-Semitism. We talk about, uh, we talk about uh, uh, anti-Islamism. And uh, I was talking about, um, Talking to my wife, I'm like the Jews have always, the Jews have always been hated. People have always hated us. Like it's this so much anti-Semitism, and she's like, "Whatever, you're ranting." And then like she leaves, and I turn on Star Trek, and it's like a, it's an episode with the Ferengi who are like, "Oh, we're, we're aliens that love money," and like the all the people who have played Ferengi have like all been Jewish people, and like the Grand Nagus of the Ferengi is Wallace Shawn, who is actually very. Uh, outspokenly, uh, he's a Jew. There's a very outspoken against the violence in Gaza. Um, but anyway, and then 
I was watching The Exorcist the other day, and The Exorcist is like supposed to be the scariest movie ever. And you know what the first sound that you hear in the movie is? Is someone going "Alo Alo Akbar"? Because like, there's there's nothing scarier to telling a white audience than being like, "Oh fuck, man, this is like this is the sound of someone else's faith." But I think those two examples just like demonstrate like what we're talking about is like the whole dominant worldview of culture is based around something that hates Jews and Muslims. And you're talking about the bigger like chess pieces at play here. Um, the Jews and the Arabs seem to hate each other in there, I guess. But <laughs> America hates Jews and Arabs. And Iran hates Arabs too. Iran is not a uh, Arab country. They're a Muslim country, but they're not an Arab country. So um, I think you're right. They use uh, they use uh, the Palestinians as their pawns. Um, but ultimately, the people are. It's funny because we make the movies, the Jews, but uh, the even the movies still hate us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so it's a lot of times more subtle, but it's there. Well, then I think you know we hate ourselves, and I think that is like, uh, you know, something that you see. Oh, man, I've been reading some weird shit. I've been reading some shit that's like come hard after people, like uh, from other Jews coming hard after people like me. That like you reform Jews, like you just fucking ruined everything and you went off to your stupid schools and you learned all the wrong lessons. It's like really blaming people like me for this whole thing. Like, all right, I'm sure maybe it's my fault. Maybe just being like a liberal California kike is the cause of all of this. Maybe it's all my fucking fault, whatever. I, t I believe me, I feel guilty enough. I take all responsibility. If it's really my fault, fine, I'll take it. It's like, for God's sakes, I'm Jewish and I'm a liberal. Like, it's just like, and I'm in America. There's just so much to guilt to feel. I feel bad about everything. Mm -hmm. Your kid's going to be Catholic and Jewish, for Christ's sakes. I know. And it's all that, you know, like you said, it's still that Napoleonic battlefield. It's like the Hunger Games. Who would actually be there? It's not you and me. No, it would be. We uh, feel terrible about it. We take we, personal responsibility for things that we have nothing to do with. Right. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, it would be. Like, and it's like, there, like um, it would be, you know, Netanyahu, the Ayatollah. So this is what we're coming back to earlier. Like, let's talk about this. So, like, we have like we want to talk about the the pawns in here. Like, um, it's all religious nut jobs. So over here we have Mike Johnson. Uh, who, when you have a dotard, as the North Koreans would say, a dotard of a president like Biden, um, somebody who's younger and sharper and the you know second in line to the chain of command, like Mike Johnson, becomes a very important person in the world. And uh, Mike Johnson is essentially an American jihadist. He's a believes in Shakira law, and he's a dangerous man. And then you have. Uh, these right wing people in uh, the uh, the the Knesset um, who are I don't know Jewish extremists I guess then you got um, the jihadists and the Ayatollah and all these fucking crazy ass uh, people on the Muslim side 
Then you got Putin. Putin's Greek Orthodox. And he's hardcore into that. It's these religious nut jobs. There yeah. can go right, you know, he can ride a bear out there, and William F. Buckley the fourth can can drive a fucking personal tank out to the battlefield. Uh, but um it's these yeah, but then you could I mean they would say that American style either government or finance is also a religion. So you'd also have to have Biden and Obama on this platform that you're building with the jihadists because if you ask them who should be there they're going to say those two guys too yeah so well it's almost like being they're like out a, there but at the end of the day a, it's a very small subset of of people and then there's a lot of people in the press that out actively take part in the framing of it to the masses but basically at the end of the day it's probably 0.1 to less than one percent of the population just like rapidly participating in the in the words behind this and then also you know the carrying out of things like raising an army and having weapons and all oh dude but, i just found a know, twix in my pocket still, it's not oh, yeah. it's not yeah exactly like most dude. of us just want to eat twix and play second life i was just like feeling so down on the world and everything I'm like nothing's going everything's gonna go to hell and then i was like shit i still have a fucking candy in my pocket mm. dude yeah don't everything's gonna be okay not there's children dying i mean chocolate See, that's what they want you to feel. It's like, <laughs> you know. If I don't enjoy those tricks when the terrorists have won. <clears throat> yeah, you are a terrorist. Every time you eat chocolate or drink coffee, you're a terrorist. So, mm. deal fair. with it. This is a fair trade Twix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ask. Let's let's ask some others what they think about it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, Twix, man. I never got into Twix. I always would two for me, more. none for you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I would go Kit Kat. You, I take I those some, ones. We got Kit Kats too. Those are the. That's where it's at. And so let's again. see. This is why you married a. So cop, this exorcist, but back somebody. to this exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Back, but to anyway, exorcist. back to the movie, the Jewish version. Let's <laughs> let's end the show. Let's talk about that movie. Yeah, let's round this bit. out. Okay, so let's in review. We have a we have a deal, a proposal for peace in the Middle East. We will uh, grant the right of return to all Palestinian people, give them the keys back to their houses. If they lost them um, in exchange, we take New York City, Dallas, Los Angeles County, Zion National Park. And we're taking the wall with us, motherfucker. Secondly, we're going to make Jewish exorcist movie. I asked ChatGPT before this podcast to explain some stuff about Jewish exorcism. It gave me some stuff, and at the end, it made sure to be abundantly clear that not all Jews believe in exorcism. <laughs> like ChatGPT like, is disclaimers. Like, ChatGPT like, is like yeah. afraid, like shit, man. Every, I don't, Chat even ChatGPT doesn't want to be accused of being anti-Semitic. You know what well, I should do? I should ask ChatGPT to. to it's, it's the whole it write a letter, uh, uh, write a letter blaming Israel for everything. <laughs> It's not. It's all this like. It's all the lawyers and little, you know, the little esquires yeah. getting involved. All oh yeah, has like, it got into my story? Liability garbage. It stopped like, writing stuff gene, for me gene, gene. because uh, uh, it stopped writing for me because I asked it. Like, there was one character who was a um, like Christian nationalist, and one of the characters was 
was a trans politician and i was like okay write a sermon railing against that trans person and all this stuff and it, it refused wouldn't do to, it it wouldn't do it it's like that's hate speech i'm like but it's a character in a story and i was like well, uh, let's just i still do it can't ourselves. that's the problem with... <laughs> let's just write the hate speech ourselves that's what novels are novels can take speech? it i no, they can have it in there because that's one of the characters. It doesn't mean just as much as the other words don't mean anything. This doesn't mean no, anything. It, I'm just saying it's funny that ChatGPT. I know, exactly. On one, hand, they're accused, one hand is being accused of all of its like racism. And then the other hand is like trying really hard to be woke. It's like exactly. they always talk about this on the Adam Carolla show. But, it, it'll only ever um, say it in, indirectly. It'll be embedded in it's encoded. It's always exactly. using the jargon a little, of the yeah, ruling the class. Encoded thing. Oh, it's, but we have yeah, a DEI initiative. Out. We have a DEI initiative on that. So, oh you know, it's God. not racist, you know. Uh-huh. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, see, so it's all coding. It's just jargon. It's just words oh. again. Words, remember words, that, words. Remember we did a whole episode about jargon? Yeah. I remember it like, was like three years did it yesterday. Ago, so long ago. No, I don't remember. I don't, I don't even listen. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Lee. I've never listened to any of our podcasts. I don't think I could listen Why to would us. you? It's, insuffer- <laughs> it's, it's got to be insufferable, right? I mean, you said this, I think, in our last one, that the whole point of this is just so that this gets transcribed into words and that what we have said becomes just part of marginal the marginal pul- impact on yeah but it becomes a marginal future impact. consciousness yeah through chat through machine generated text at least at, at some point ai will absorb all of human culture and yeah. like even if it's a media school part make yourself part of human culture and you will be absorbed into something exactly so that's what we're doing we're just ultimately on. like even if no one is consuming your content ultimately there will be intelligences smart enough to consume all content and therefore yours will be so keep making content exactly they'll um, i guarantee you <laughs> it's a crazy philosophical alien. idea to have um but it's uh we're in this sort of existential neo-existentialist era let's call right, it that what, what we need to uh, uh, i think we can both agree on that there is an alien species out there that when they go through the entire database of human that just kind of listen talk. to every episode of every podcast exactly ever. well they they have a different space-time continuum in the way they take they metabolize information say if 10,000 times faster, but they're going to choose us over Dan Rather, for instance. They're going well, to listen to the equivalent like, of like, Wolf Blitzer. They're going to listen Dan to that. Rather like, is a par- is terrible. Dan Rather is a book and we're a, a, a word, you know what I mean? But it's still something like, but they're going to come to us. They're going to be like, this is, this is what it is. And they're just going to be like, of what we know of this thing called H sapien from this place called earth. It, they'll, they'll, they'll call it air, earth. From the planet yeah. Earth. <laughs> exactly. So they're reporting back to their superiors like, well, what did you learn? And they're going to show them our podcast because they're going to tell them, say, they're going to listen to the Wolf Blitzers, the the Margaret, what was her name? Margaret Thatcher, Barbara Walters. Um, and all of that's just going to be garbage to them. They'll be like, this is terrible. And they're going to listen to ours and be like, oh, this is brilliant. And then they bring it back and they're like, what did you learn? And be like, well, here, listen to some of these listen to these podcasts. And they're going to love it. They're going to. They're going to love it. Exactly. They're like, well, this came out of these two people that were hated. They were like a virus, basically, these people. They continued to morph. They somehow shape-shifted and stayed alive for all of civilization, even though that they were the stated enemy and the most hated of the vast majority of humans. For 10,000 years, they somehow survived. Yeah, because we we had their tax returns. We had so much more than that, Lee. We're a virus. We're already a step ahead of them. It's like Karl Rove said about um, the world and being an empire that you make, make history, history when you act. 
And while you're studying it judiciously, I might add, we've already moved on to the next thing. And so basically, we're <laughs> going to be brought back. We're like the, you know, so, and that's what we have to delude ourselves to believe because it gives us the staying power and that like self of sense of fortitude to just yeah. keep doing what we're doing. Even if we think nobody likes it, including ourselves is what I'm getting at. Like if we think zero people like what we're saying, including I that's ourselves, a safe, I think that's a safe bet. Exactly. But what we need to tell ourselves is there, that is an alien species that chooses us over Barbara Walters. If the universe is truly infinite, if the universe is truly infinite, then there has to be somewhere out there that someone finds this interesting. What if what if that actually what if there was like a scientific thing where like an alien came to us and like we have we have charted the entire universe? In fact, we've 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 charted multiple dimensions, we've charted multiple alternate universes, we've actually um, gone through 14 trillion alternate universes and within all of space and all of time and alternate space time we have found no one who finds this insightful funny or entertaining wait no one <laughs> no not a guy well, you said person. 14 trillion see that's where to, to me like yeah, if we got to that 15 trillionth mark we would have found somebody who likes this shit well, it's that it has a different space time. It's that it's a different dimensionality. So it's doing all of them always at the exact same time that we're in existence. And somewhere in there, we are the chosen people, I guess. I mean, not from like the Jewish perspective, but from the podcast perspective. Yeah. But there being an alien species, let's call it a race, that says... It's these two guys. Like, listen to this. This is they're, great. This they're is, the Jay like, and Silent Bob. Yeah, they're like, Earth. we sent you on this mission to this place called Earth that supposedly had like a thousand a Earth. Earth that had titanium, cobalt, all of these different things, all these things that could have advanced us eons into the future. And you brought back some digital recordings of these two schmucks. And they'd be like, "Yeah, you got to listen." I do like that. The, the and then they love us. Has they love us. Yeah, yeah. Like, schmuck, because I mean, Yiddish. They obviously speak Yiddish out there. We, I just don't know. Okay, here, here's actually what it is. Everyone on the Earth hates Jews, but then it turns out like we've gone to all the di 14 different dimensions and universes, all these alternate versions of time, beginning and the end. Everybody except everybody on Earth loves Jews. You go talk to Tiberians or Kaitondrians uh, uh, or Phenobobs or uh, Zomulans or Mlingons. <laughs> like, they all love Jews. Universally, unequivocally, love the heaps. Love Kavilta uh, fish and Israel. Everyone's <laughs> everyone on Earth is pissed off at Israel right now. But like all alien species, like Israel is truly God's chosen country. And like we finally find our place in the stars. Like oh, everyone hates us on Earth, but we're totally fucking accepted when we go to space. It's how every person who <laughs> every nerd feels about going to college. Like, oh my God, wow. somebody else likes the same bullshit that I do. Maybe Jews leaving Earth and going onto the solar system will be like people can reinvent ourselves in college. Be like, yeah, we're, we we were always cool. Yeah, we were. Always that's cool. probably why they. That's why they say there's no afterlife in Judaism because you just go you to just outer go to space, space where they love us. Yeah, like, you go yeah. to like one of those because like the Mormons they all get their own planet or something. So we go to a Mormon planet. And they're like you guys are Mormons. 
but you still can't hate us because we're in space now, bitch. Yeah, and I think I mean that sounds like a brilliant when when does the spaceship leave? Soon, I hope, right? Please, uh, the day God. before Black Friday. Day before Black Friday. All the There's Jews. A lot it, going on that day. Well, it's going to be great. Calendar. So we're going to celebrate. I guess the day before Black Friday is uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, so our calendar. Okay, Wednesday, 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. Watch my short film, Orphans of Camelot. Made it 10 years ago. Still haven't made the rest of it. Donate money to my Kickstarter. I don't know why I'm going into Detroit. Donate money. Um, and do, then, you have a, uh, a, do you have a goal, a fundraising goal you'd like to meet? Uh, no, I, I probably did, and I, I don't know. Infinite, infinite people infinite. give me all of your a billion money. dollars, a billion dollars. That's how much it's gonna take. Um, okay, so uh, then Thursday we got Thanksgiving, which, and then after Thanksgiving, we get on a spaceship and we get the fuck out of here, and we go to Tralfamador, Tralfamador, Tralfam, Tralfamador from the Kurt so, Vonnegut novels. Is that from the? That's our first. That's our layover, obviously. Right? We have a layover in Tralfamador. Okay. Uh, and um, and what it takes a millisecond to get there or something. This right? millisecond. That's right. It takes okay. about as long as it does for the alien species to listen to all podcasts on Earth. So, um, <laughs> which by the way sounds like a radio. You're listening to Earth, all Earth, all the time. It does sound like a radio. Now that now that Jews have left Earth, all oh, stupid bros have taken over all of broadcasting. So anyway, yeah, we leave. We leave on Thanksgiving. We have a nice meal. We wipe our mouths and we say goodbye and we hop onto our spaceships and we get the fuck out. And then Friday is Black Friday and the opening of World War Three. We're really we're doing other than the Kennedy Day, which we're just spending on that. We got two big things going on each day. We have all the Jews finally leaving Earth in a spaceship, which frankly is what everyone wants. Seriously. <laughs> You know, there's all stuff like how are we going to save the planet and all this. What if global warming actually is a conspiracy to try to get Jews to leave? Planet's fine. Seriously, I mean, I mean imagine just that. Been like, scaring on the Jews Black Friday, all the Jews get on a spaceship. We go on this itinerary that you talked. Thanksgiving, about. no Black Friday is World War Three. We're already gone. Oh yeah, we're already gone because we want to get III. out before World. And then people will be able to say, "Did you know that there was no Jews on planet Earth with the day of World War Three started?" And they don't really blame us. They'll, they'll really like, blame us. Like, they, they literally left the day before. And this war was wait. What? How was the war started? We we talked about this. It was Southwest boarding. Southwest Airlines was, yeah, because they didn't have any organization in their boarding. People hated it. <laughs> so what is it? Okay, so but who's who's arguing? Is it like? So okay, so it's it's a, a U.S. They're always person? strong. There's straw men mainly arguing here. Mm, okay, not straw men, and um, no one has these arguments. Everyone's like, "Oh, people argue." It's like, what? Which people? I've never met two people that have ever said any of these things. I love when people do that. People, people are people are people are saying, saying people are arguing dude, about Trump's this. the the king of making up people. He made up his friend John. Remember John or Jim? Jim goes. Jim used to go to Paris every year, but he doesn't. He said Donald. He says to me, "I don't go to Paris anymore. It's a sad place." <laughs> like someone, uh, you know, someone described Trump as the first comedian, first black president. 
No, first comedian. They were looking at other, you know, we've had yeah. actors be presidents. Yes. But then the there's one who like runs a, he's like running a room. Pure, like actual, con- and they went through, a, they were a philosopher writing this. So but they specifically went a club, defined- com- specifically a club comic. Like he's not like. No, it was a much, I mean, it was a philosopher writing this. So they had to like define what they were in comedy. You know, it was like a long ass, like 15 page essay. No, he's a club stand up. The kind of guy who's yeah. just like, where, where are you from? Where are you from? Exactly. Jer- Jersey? Oh, you're trash? Okay. <laughs> and then like, that's not a funny joke, but if you said that in a club, people would be like, aha, that's funny. Yeah. You know? and, and the way- Where are you from, it, man? Where are you from? Your tits are huge, man. You know, like, but that's... he opened it. Nobody opened it with that, That I guess from like a month ago now, his, that clip of talking about how everyone in Beverly Hills smells bad and you shouldn't walk around there because no one showers because of their water restrictions. <laughs> No one, no one is showering in Beverly Hills. Did you hear? Did you listen? No. Or read it sounds very much like not segment. shaving anyone's oh, hand from San Francisco. <laughs> I need uh, to send this because, and then this, I mean, I learned about it from a philosopher and this thing about like how Trump is the first comedian because they went through like Italy and other countries that have had comedians. I mean, they're like the Ukrainian guy, whoever their president is. Zelensky, he was a stand up comedian. Yeah, he, he was a comedian. He was like, yeah, he, he was did a, comedian. a show called Servant of the People about it. Exactly. So he was a comedian, but they're like, and it was a great just way of framing the whole thing. It was absolutely ridiculous. And you're like, this is, this is what we call democracy, you know, for, Dude, for it's cra- a I don't know word. what's going to happen. It's getting crazier and crazier. Like I like after like people, like, the 2016 election was like the craziest well, every thing year. Like, that's no. the thing. They, every they, year gets it's crazier fun, and crazier, like fundraising mechanisms, wars and all this shit. Part of the reason they get because people say they're crazier and they're fundraising off of it. Like yeah. tens exactly. of billions of dollars going Dude. into electoral politics now for advertisement, basically. I, I don't give me, I don't give and because every that, year it's, so it's the end of democracy. It's the end of democracy. <laughs> this is going to be the you last know. election. Did you know that, Ben? <laughs> I sure hope so. Like, I hope after this we just admit <laughs> that we're just, it's like if you ask us to vote for these, if you're <laughs> telling us these are bricks. the only two realistic options and anyone, anytime, I, I've never met someone who, when I say I'm going to vote for not one of the Democrats or Republicans for president, doesn't accuse me of throwing away my vote because this is the most important election. So it's like you're given an option of two people. I hate that. There are it's absolutely so anti-democratic. If and you, you start understanding who you want to vote for, then you... Or that's then not that's the ever. cultural aspect. And Dude, these I are the same people. Read, I read a great essay from 1922 that was very, very short. By um, it was in. I started reading Latham's Quarterly again. Um, it was by what was his name? I knew him. I've read a lot of his books, but basically, it was a, it, the essay was just called "Use of Power." He's like, however you get there, like stop obsessing over the electoral politics in a democracy. Look at how people actually use power. And he's like, at the end of the day, if you've got a state, they should be held to account to meet certain standards of living that need to be defined. And he said one other thing. And you measure them up against how they're doing that. And if they, you know, it's like, because you can't have in an electoral system any other recourse because once you vote you're not voting every day you're you know that that that's why people, i love that saying that came out years ago like what you mean to just vote harder like it's not at some point it's not mm-hmm. the elections folks mm-hmm. and it was just a brilliant little like it was probably no more than like 500 word essay voting from 1922 yeah you're not voting hard enough you know it was like it was like people it's not just voting but it was a beautiful little yeah essay from 101 years ago 
Maybe it also came out on Black Friday. I'm going to look up when it was published. <laughs> but yeah, I just read it. Stuff that happened on Black Friday before Black Friday was a thing. Right, because I was reading Lapham's quarterly uh, from like two years ago because the name of that issue was Democracy. So it's a bunch of essays over the last day. Some of them are from like 800. Um, the year 800? Yeah, because they're re they're also reprinting other you know thought pieces about it just contemporary but so one of them that i read was the only one i actually read was from 1922 because i recognized the writer but it was just it was just a wonderful was, little uh, you know dr seuss i mean everything was written by dr seuss it's just all like a variation on the theme of dr seuss because I mean, he just basically went through every sound in english it's like the beatles they took every single possible note combination so it's like well you can't really do that it's like a monopoly so like dr seuss took every sound in the english language so everything is based on Dr. Oh, man. You, it's funny because you like agree with my wife on literally everything but Israel. Like, <laughs> like down to that specific, like that specific but, hot take but we about the might Beatles. Agree on Israel. That's a thing. Like we said we were trying to understand the decisions at hand, not what we personally want to do right now. I, gu I guarantee you and Amelia do not agree on Israel. <laughs> we may not. That's true. But as long as we agree on Dr. Seuss monopolizing every sound in the entire English no, no, language. No, 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 Beatles, the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles, too. That's the, my first no, thought. The, the way she says it's like, I, like I'll, I'll, I'll remember being like, you hate the Beatles? She's like, no, no, I just wish, I don't understand why the Beatles have had to emerge as like the representative of all of this type of music. I yeah. I, I, am, I like to imagine a world in which that is not how it happens. And I'm like, it's a very like, like I didn't, I didn't quite understand what she was saying, but now that a Jewish man has explained it, as they have monopolized all of the notes <laughs> that's what it is it makes sense. all of the combinations have just been taken and they all suck but they have you're them. gonna lose that girl <laughs> yes yes i'm gonna lose that that such sucks yeah because like before they you... did drugs they were just kind of like she loves me it's fucking dribble and then like they do drugs and it's cool and then they do too many drugs yeah, and it. then they break up and then like you realize that, like, oh, okay, John Lennon was just kind of a hack. It's like, oh, we say, give me the chance. Imagine this, imagine that. And then Paul's like, live and let die. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we know who's the fucking real rocker there and who's the real pussy who beats his Seriously. wife. Jesus. Laugh's quarter. Okay. Laugh's quarter, laugh dude. It's still, I'm trying I'm to laugh him. Well, what I'm doing next year, I'm slimming down. I, like, every year that I read less, I write more. So I just want to increase my writing. And next year, one so of the... Oh, we I read you. I actually meant, You know, it's funny. I, re, I sent it to you. I meant to send that to someone else. But anyway, I sent it to you that next year, instead of keeping up with the daily news feed, You're I'm going to read, read Talmud Abrahamic. like a moron? No, I'm going to read the Torah, the Bible, and the Quran and just see what's going on, just to read them. To read something else. It's not going to take that long. Dude, you I, should just read not that comic long. books. Christ, I can do that too. I read a lot, so yeah. I'm just saying those okay. books aren't that long. So I just saw. You, Quran, dude, you read too hard. <laughs> the Quran, seventy thousand words. It'll take me a couple days to read That's it. I'm not going to be like the Quran's only seventy thousand words. That's what I saw somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of now. Imagining Charlotte, um, we talked about notes. Charlotte Sheedy last week. I'm imagining Charlotte Sheedy being like talking to Muhammad, and, and he's just like, "Oh man, well this and this happened." She's like, "Oh, that's the book." Yeah, but the thing is, it's much longer now because the notes, there's more words oh, in the, the notations and shit. So it's like if you can divert your eyes, but you read it like, oh my God, what did they say? What did the translate? You know, 
But no, so and I should read more comic books. Um, I don't know. Read, yeah, did, next did, you ever, year. did you read Michael Crichton? That's shit rules. Or I Kurt used Vonnegut? to actually read. I read all those. Yeah, I used to go to the Bookman's in Tucson and buy those books and read them. Nice. Have you read the James Bond novels? Read that. I have never read any of them. Read that ever. trash, dude. And read The Exorcist. Oh, the, I'll read The Exorcist. I'm not going to You got to read some stuff. Oh, fucking I'm gonna. Pussy. You know who I am gonna read is that guy, um, Lake Curry, David Cromwell. Okay, read a couple of his books. Uh, read. Uh, you should read. Uh, Tinker Taylor Soldier Boy. Oh, Jean Lacaille, Tinker Soldier. Yeah. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, did he also do Spy Who Came in From the Cold? That I like Spy. Who yes, Came From the that's Cold. him too. That one's good. Spy Hook, Spy Game. But yeah, Spy Came From the Cold. That one, that one I read. Tinker Taylor's too fucking long. You can read Ludlum, like all of the Bourne stuff. Clive Cussler, dude. Oh, oh I know Clive Cussler, one of my friends. Yeah, Raise the Titanic, dude. Now that's some cool stuff. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of dad. You're a dad now. You got to start reading trash that starts with like a map. <laughs> you know, Shut books. Up. Books you get in an airport. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so true though. The books that have a map, you know you're supposed to read it when if you're a dad, just yeah. That's the that's honestly the first like test. I open up a book and there's no map in there. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. Like, how am I gonna know what where anything's happening? Yeah, I mean you buy it just to have kindling for when you go to your ironically, like the, the kind of it was the same guys who you know would buy uh we would buy Grand Theft Auto back in the day where they give you an actual map. They probably do. When the new Grand Theft Auto comes out, they'll have a version that has a map. It's like a VR map, probably. It's implanted directly into your brain. Dude, I'll take it. Dude, the new the new GTA is gonna come out. It's gonna blow people's minds. No, there's gonna do be you like need a whole... like a special machine to run it. Yeah, you'll need a <laughs> computer or video game system. But I mean console. like a really nice one. You'll need the new one. You'll need the new it, whatever the current gen is. It's going to be huge, dude. It's going to be like a whole. That's the thing is like there's plenty of open worlds that are bigger than GTA, but like GTA feels very lived in. You know what I mean? It's like it's the little details. It's the little details. Like people, like the key to a game, like a good open world, is it looks like your people are going somewhere and doing something. If you just have like randos standing around, like they're working at a fucking Knott's Berry farm, it's not going to look real. You got to have people moving around like that. Yeah. Like that right, and is then like, having those infinite boundaries because you remember those games, even the one that you made, that there's an edge right. that you reach. But in, I know it's been around for at least ten years, where there's that that concept of infinite boundaries. So GTA, you know, ten years on, they don't. You could just follow them around forever. They're going to keep going places. Yeah. They don't disappear. Well, uh, you know what I mean. That, that idea, like in a video game, if you followed a, a character around long enough, it would just disappear. But there's right. no disappearing anymore. No. You follow them to the ends of the earth. Yeah, No Man's Sky has like a generative um uh it just it just create like fractally creates new worlds as you go. Like every, no no game. But you start to see patterns and stuff like that. But yeah, well it's all based on, you know. It's like the movie Pie, you know, if you study anything long enough, patterns begin to emerge. And then you give yourself a lobotomy. Yeah, dude. Uh, no, he gives himself a um trepanoc he tray pans himself he does. drills a hole in his own that's, yeah i call it a lobotomy but it's, it's not it's trepanation, trepanation that's right yeah, I, which trepanation. they make a, 
we were watching Ghostbusters last night for Halloween, and there's a part where he's like, Egon, this reminds you of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head. He's like, that would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. <laughs> like, oh, that's true. What a that's a trait for thousands of years. That's so funny that Dan because Dan Ackford like wrote that screenplay. He's just like put in a fucking tray pan joke there. It's hilarious like, because like it is one of the best. When I saw that word. I think I was texting you and others about how it was my new favorite word for it lasted for days or weeks. Yeah, yeah my my cousin and I were trepanator with, tra- with, with tray pan and the. I wrote a whole short story about the trepanators, and I made every variation of that word, all of the different you know ways of trepanating. <laughs> dude, tray pan rules. Anyway, um, so so um, shit, dude. Well, I mean, I guess with that said, I guess I'll know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the night till it hits midnight. Just drilling holes in your heads. Dude, well, we no, should I'm gonna, start, sharp, I'm gonna sharpen them for tomorrow. Dude, we should for start, Black Friday. We should call smoking weed just tray panning. Dude, I mean, you want to tray pan? <laughs> I mean, you could, yeah, because if you look at your brain as say like the soil structure of the living world around us, it's exactly the more. Well, I mean, the idea of like <laughs> tray panning, people are like, oh, you're ruining your brain. It's like, no, I'm creating tray panning new, it, bitch. No, new areas of growth for other organisms wow. whether they be plants or fungus or bugs so it's or... noble honestly yeah because i'm creating new cavities of life and from that grows more dynamic interaction between emerging elements and relationships and so wow. the more you do it i mean this is in the very long history everyone's like well what if you you know die it's like well obviously yes but think about it as soil I mean, don't do that because that just encourages excessive drug use. But, you know, <laughs> that's my disclaimer. That's my chat GPT disclaimer. Don't actually do anything I'm saying because it's absolutely dangerous and it will hurt you. But, you know, think about it this way. <laughs> Your brain is like soil and the more drugs you do, the better it is for the planet. Well, my brain is like soil. You can put a lot of shit in there uh, and uh, depending on what kind of shit, you put in there you get some other shit out so um well if we don't see you before the kennedy assassination 60th anniversary uh before the jews go into space or black friday or the start of world war three or thanksgiving uh from all of us here at uh handsome headquarters um in our various satellite uh, offices um we've really enjoyed planet earth uh, it's been great uh, it's been great spending time with you on planet earth i've enjoyed uh, uh the grand canyon and the sky um, and hamburgers and uh, uh the ocean um, and spanish style architecture uh, but it's time for us to leave this planet so you can all destroy yourselves in world war three uh, ben anything you to say <laughs> hey earth yeah, goodbye hey, earth. have fun hey earth bye Bye, Earth. Bye.